Hi everyone, Paul from the innovation community here. Today I'm with Anna Martin Carey. Now Anna is probably one of the most experienced digital leaders out there and currently heads up digital with uh, Telia. So great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Brilliant. And just to start with, tell me a bit about yourself in a few words. Yes, in a few words. You know, I can talk about myself uh, and that might sound bad, but <laughs> and, and the sort of uh, unfortunate or the very fortunate uh, position I'm in to have like the most fun job in Telia. And um, I think it all started in 2007, ironically, the same year that uh, the iPhone came to Sweden. Uh, that's sort of when I found my, uh, my love for digital. Uh, I transferred from being on the IT side, uh, having been technology manager in Citibank, um, into being able to work with really the, the customer-facing digital channels. So I've been doing this since yeah, around 2007. Um, and I've had virtually, I think, every kind of job within digital uh, when I look back. So everything from, from the tech and IT side to digital sales to, to e-commerce manager to head of digital to chief digital officer to now then heading up um, digital for uh, the biggest telco in, uh, in the Nordics. So it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic career so far for me personally and, and professionally. Mm. And where did your uh, digital career really start then? When would you say that was the turning point? I would say it was uh, sometime there in, uh, well, maybe, it depends actually, because I have like those kind of two turning point moments. Uh, the first one was obviously when, uh, uh, when I transferred from being sort of a, uh, subject matter expert and got my first sort of leadership position as country tech manager for Citibank Sweden in 2007, I think. Mm. Um, so looking back, it was sort of Citibank.se and it was my city that was sort of the logged in portal. Um, but it was obviously then from a more a framework and IT uh, perspective and we didn't really talk about you know, the customer experience and there was nothing called digital transformation. It was, it was all about sort of setting up um, touch points where we could uh, sell and deliver service to the customers, but we didn't really, you know, talk that much about how it felt for the customer to, to uh, complete a purchase or, uh, or do the self-service items. And I think gradually there, um, from having like really been on the IT side to going more towards sort of the digital sphere and community, I just realized that um, this is where I want to sort of remain for the rest of my working career. It's, you can do anything with digital. It's not down to any industry or any sort of mm. discipline. Even. It's, it's just an agnostic sort of competence that, uh, that you can use for any kind of sort of um, development of if it's a product or uh, or a customer facing interface or if it's just you know making someone feel like your service is super simple and and, and enjoyable it's, it's it's all about that digital brain that i just sort of fell in love with the whole sphere uh, around yeah maybe 2007 2008 so and also the digital community i think that you you notice that yourself and and having this kind of a podcast is is sort of the most generous type of people. Uh, sometimes in IT, I could encounter a little bit sort of 
protectionistic and you were sort of a little bit like you couldn't get all the information and, and someone sort of had, um, you know, domain competency and they wouldn't really share. But in, in, in online and in digital, people are just so generous with the with information and with knowledge and, and sharing. So it's just, you know, I, I, I love it here and I will probably never leave. Maybe digital will be something else at the end of my career, but I really, I really enjoy working with the kind of people that, uh, and the kind of brains that I encounter here. Yeah, and I think you, you've, you've kind of hit the, the golden uh, a career opportunity where you say, you know, you never have to work a day in your life if you're, you're happy doing everything, uh, doing what you do now as well. And that's, it's a good point to bring up, actually, because a term that is pretty heavy these days is a buzzword, is digital transformation. So what does that actually mean to you? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's actually it's actually a word that I I try to not have to use um, because at the end of the day it's not about digital transformation it's about company corporate culture people transformation uh, so it's really about I mean today digital is the sphere where people want to do things but still we have I mean. Even in Telia, we have departments that are like digital online sales. Uh, why is that digital? Is it it's sales? Like it doesn't really, we still cling on to the notion that this is something, you know, super specific and weird and that digital transformation is this a big mysterious sort of thing that needs to be happening to all of us and oh, we're behind or oh, we are ahead. Or I think that you really need to see it as, um, it's a whole sort of 360 transformation of the way you do business, the way you encounter your customers, the way you hire people, who you hire, why you hire, uh, how you hire, and what kind of leadership you have in your company, as well as sort of the products that maybe go from a product to giving someone an experience instead. So it's a really like a mind boggling thing if you start looking at it and, and it, it just becomes so simplistic when you sort of um, attribute it if you understand what i mean i understand completely what you mean and uh one thing that i know came up in in previous conversations is the actual frameworks around digital what, what do you think is is a framework to becoming truly digital then um it depends i mean it, it, it's um there are two things that are just super important. And the first thing is obviously the leadership. Um, and I think that's for every kind of tough sort of change and choice uh, that you have to make. You have to have the right leadership and you have to have the right people on board in your organizations, um, like your structures and how do you incorporate new thinking and, and new kinds of people in, in your your organization to be able to change. That would be like sort of the first framework that you have to have. Uh, if you don't have it, or if you just pay lip service to like, we need to change and we need to, and then you don't really want to change or you don't really have the um, framework to change, then it's not really gonna happen. Um, and, and the second part is to understand that technology is an enablement, but it's not the only answer. So you really have to have people who can ask the right questions and you have to make choices today that may only be with you for a little bit of time. And that can be sometimes hard for uh, large organizations like the one I'm in to understand that it's not like a five to 10 year project anymore. And we can't even, I can't even draw you a two year plan on this. 
uh, I have a vision and we have sort of an end goal, but exactly how we're going to get there, uh, I can tell you sort of piece by piece, but there's no way to have like this, uh, uh, you know, certainty that we might have been a little bit more used to before. It's a little bit like, you know, Columbus, he set sail on the Santa Maria and like we're going somewhere <laughs> and they ended up in America and that went well, but uh, it wasn't necessarily where he was, you know, supposed to go. He was supposed to explore something and, and, and find something and well, that he did. That's a, a great analogy. And you bring up technology, which I think it, you're right, it is an enabler and it, it is more about people than it, than it is over technology. But just on a, on a, on a personal curiosity, you know, what effects do you think the technology will have on the digital landscape over the next few years? I think immense, uh, but also in some ways less than what we uh, think. Uh, I think I've used this actually as just a, you know, a thing before that I think that most of us have seen the movie Blade Runner and it's set in what, 2019 or 2020 something. And I, I mean, I don't know that I have any replicant friends and I don't, you know, drive any flying cars. Uh, so, and we've been talking about, you know, uh, self-driving cars and, and blockchain and all of these things that are evolving like banking and, and transport and logistics and, and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, drones and like many things that can help, um, help there. So everything is sort of happening, um, step by step, but I think there are so many things that are, um, uh, not really technology re related obstacles in, in this sort of full uh, fledged, you know, turning everything upside down state. Uh, when you talk about rules and regulations and just looking at sort of e-privacy and GDPR and everything that is coming, it's not, it's not necessarily making it easier uh, to make things easier. Uh, and, and that's one thing also that I know it's uh, a discussion, like what kind of competencies do we need in, in sort of the the steering entities of, of sort of our societies when you come to like the FSA and then to other sort of, or the European Union for that. Um, we need the right people to be in those kind of forums uh, to both. I mean, there needs to be checks and balances because everything that can be done maybe shouldn't be done. But, but the hindrance, I think, for technology to, to achieve even more, it's not in the technology itself. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I think every time this question comes up, Blade Runner is probably the most popular cultural reference that <laughs> that it's referred to as well. Which, which I think it, you know, it does hit the nail on the head. So, so that's no problem. But, um, so throughout your career, then you, you've got a pretty heavy digital background, and you're on a number of boards as well. What would you describe yeah. as some of the major successes you've achieved over that time? I think. I mean, we all have those like uh, the first proud moment when something really that you have worked your like ass off <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that but you know poured your heart and soul and everything you have into something and then it materializes and uh, I think that uh, my career I think uh, well the proudest moments so far I mean we've done a lot of fantastic things in Telia and things that haven't come out yet I'm very proud of but you know in secret uh, but uh, I think the biggest one so far is what we did with Marginalen Bank. That was, I mean, from nothing, it became a 
full-fledged, and I'm not going to say nothing because there were some things, but uh, from uh, Manganal and acquiring the consumer side of Citibank until it was actually a full-fledged bank with hundreds of thousands of customers and and winning prizes um, or awards for our simplicity in our sort of private loans and and um, our website, you know, becoming talked about as a very simple and, and easy to use um, sort of frame. And we did a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things that would have been pretty impossible in a big organization uh, where we could just go from, you know, I would talk to my boss and be like, okay, I think that these are the things that we need to do. And she would ask, so do we have the budget? And do we have a business case? And then we sort of just went with it. So it was amazing to be able to take all the knowledge that I had from Citibank, where it was a little bit more framed and a little bit more, you know, uh, developed, of course, because it was mm. more mature, uh, into something that really wasn't anything, uh, but wasn't a startup. I mean, we were building a full-fledged bank. So when we saw the first version of the new Marginalen.se, that was a very proud moment for me. And I knew that, and I still know that most of the things that are there is because the team and I uh, thought of them or built them or, you know, uh, I drew the first uh, uh, application flows myself and, and I watched the person sort of program them in Episerver. So it was really sort of my uh, my baby until the day I left. And I will always, you know, have a very fond uh, one feeling for uh, for both Marginalen and, and and for the <laughs> digital sphere that that they have. Yeah, so so some of your successes are outlined and out there, and they and then others are TBD. So watch this space. <laughs> Definitely TBD. Uh, but I would say, obviously, I mean, for me personally, to be uh, a board member of uh, like the Finnish Post uh, is also for me a you know fantastic uh, thing to be able to be a part of. Yeah. 400-year-old institution, uh, a real incumbent, like um, part of the framework of a country and to be able to be there and and, uh, uh, and to sort of help drive that digitalization agenda is, is you know, it's it's incredible. So I'm, I'm very proud of that from like more of a personal career perspective. And you, you obviously worked in a lot of transformations. What do you think was the biggest impact you made on one of them? Um, you know, I mean, for uh, good or bad, I am not a person to, you know, uh, easily, uh, be happy with a no, it can't be done. Um, so I think that, um, <laughs> a lot of it has been sort of my, uh, unwillingness to accept status quo. Um, and I think that sometimes obviously, um, makes you happy friends and sometimes that's not um, the best way to maybe win a popularity contest uh, with everyone in an organization so I think that that's part of like why I am uh, a change maker because I'm not there to preserve what's always been Uh, but I think over the course of my career I've learned uh, sometimes the hard way sometimes the easy way how to sort of package uh, the necessity of what needs to happen and get everyone on board and how that sort of makes it a little bit easier. I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that's, that is my biggest impact sort of, uh, and what I really bring to the table. Uh, yeah. and now I have a really good toolbox as well after this many years of doing it. So I think, yeah, <laughs> friction is a little bit less, at least from my <laughs> end of it. So, so in transformation then, 
how would you describe your leadership style? How do you get people on board with change? I think, and again, this is my very <laughs> subjective view. Uh, so maybe you need to uh, cross-reference with someone. But uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at, uh, at describing the vision of what can be if we get these changes done. Uh, also with, I would say now, uh, the many years that I've worked with uh, within the digital sphere, I have both the sort of IT understanding and, and the sort of customer and, and uh, more soft tech understanding on what, what sort of needs to be um, visualized, how we need to feel, you know, work with prototypes and where we need to work with design and what needs to be there for people to really grasp uh, the change that needs to sort of... Uh, uh, take place. So I think that's one of the most important things. And from a, a, a transformation perspective as well, do you think this is more top down or bottom up or, you, or a mixture of both? Um, I think it's sort of more as, you know, uh, you would like cook a very good, you know, uh, stew or something it can't be just from <laughs> the heat can just not come from like the bottom or the top it just needs to be the whole thing um so obviously you need the, the right leadership um support but if you don't get sort of middle management and and and, and the people working in the sort of different spheres or streams or whatever it is on board it's not going to happen and the same thing if you have like the people with you, but top management isn't understanding the why. I mean, it, it, I really have a hard time saying it's either or. I think it needs to be all of it, but maybe in different ways. So for, for management to understand in one way and be able to ask the right questions and, and for the people who need to work in the new structures, they also need to feel sort of part of it and, and, and um, feel that their voices and, and their competencies has been heard and, and sort of and taken into account but uh, yeah i don't know again if that answers yeah that, that, that was a pretty good answer the answer the answer was both <laughs> now you, you sound like you've done a lot of really interesting things uh, within telia right now where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement right now wow um I wish that this was a you know some months ahead i could really be explicit but uh I think that um, just the scale of Telia is one of the reasons, I mean, obviously that I joined as well. We have, uh, we have plenty of things to do uh, to enhance sort of our customer meeting and make it easier for self-service and, and for online sales. Um, so there's plenty of things that uh, we here and now can do, but also in a sort of the bigger picture of how do we get sort of ready for, uh, for taking that, not just, you know, the next step, but like the leap a little bit of head ahead of the curve um, ahead of our competition. So, um, but just the scale of it is, uh, is the opportunity. We can just see by small, small changes in ways of working or in how we sort of work with uh, marketing technology or, or just um, start replacing some platforms. Um, the results are just, you know, they speak for themselves. It's, it's very easy to make a business case for a, uh, for the digitalization changes that we are um, currently working on. So, yeah. That makes sense. And obviously being a digital leader, 
Uh, I don't know how big the impact of, uh, of COVID-19 is on your role right now. Maybe you can allude to that. Um, I mean, they are, they are big. I mean, uh, as I think uh, most know, Sweden has chosen a little bit of a different path than many of the other European countries. But I mean, as an employer, Italia needs to obviously uh, adhere to the, uh, to the advice of, of the um, sort of, you know, health professionals and, and we work from home. Uh, but again, I mean, obviously we're a telco selling work from home solutions to others. So obviously we're pretty, pretty well uh, set to, to be able to do this. But I think mm. uh, so like productive, uh, from a productive perspective, I think we are losing almost nothing. Almost it's more efficient because everyone wants to just, you know, get to the point and we want to have sort of, uh, let's get this done and what's the next thing. Uh, but I think from a, like a people perspective, this is, um, it's really interesting because you hear people now that like, you, you really miss your colleagues. There's a reason why you work with other people. <laughs> so, and it's not the same when you don't see each other and you can't have that chit chat, uh, you know, around the coffee machine. So I know it's a very, um, you know, luxurious place to be in that I have no colleagues that have um, fallen ill and so, so really it's right now mostly about, you know, keeping morale and boosting, you know, people's spirit and then, you know, remember to go out for lunch and remember to go out and see the sun and, and you know, have that cup of coffee with someone over teams or whatever. So we keep the sort of team spirit um, going. And what's your top working from home tip? You listed off a couple there, but what would you say is the number one? Yeah, I think that really having routines and, uh, you know, get up in the morning and, you know, actually, you know, take a shower and get dressed. Don't, you know, hang around in your PJs in your bed. That would be really bad. You need to have some sort of structure that sort of marks this is work and this is not work. Uh, so, um, and like take this time to to be a little bit more, you know, have that informal coffee with uh, someone that uh, you wouldn't necessarily have the time or uh, the opportunity to. To chat with because uh, our office is a little bit situated outside of the city, not far, but enough for uh, for it to sometimes not be possible for me to you know go into town for lunch or or meet people that um, that are um, in different areas of Stockholm. So it's been that has actually been one perk that it's so much easier to now schedule like a, let's just have a thirty minute coffee over Teams and and, and just say hi. So um, that's a, that's a good thing. And also, yeah. like, last but not least, like, if you have the time, um, there's so many, like, online um, courses or tutorials or whatever um, to take. So there is no need to be bored uh, at all. But just make sure that I mean, it doesn't just blur work and home life. Uh, that's, that's never good. Yeah. And, and how different is your routine now from when you were in the office? Um, I mean, I'm obviously... I don't go to the office, but uh, the rest of it, I, I try to get up in the morning and, you know, <laughs> take a shower, have some breakfast, uh, maybe actually have like a breakfast meeting with someone. And, uh, and then I do a check-in with my team just to, you know, is everyone okay? And then any big like burning things that we need to sort of address as a team. And well, I think a little bit more of like check-ins with people just to see that everyone is okay. And, and then we have like a virtual coffee on Fridays with, with the team. But otherwise I think that um, the biggest thing is all of those things that could have been just a chit chat, uh, you know, around the office are now a meeting of some sort or an email. So 
I think I've not been this busy. I was busy before, but now I'm like twice as busy, I feel. <laughs> uh, but in a way, it's easier because I don't move around. But, but in a way, that's also, you know, the loss, the sort of personal people interaction. Um, so if we actually had this discussion the other day with some people that we're now onboarding, uh, who are like being onboarded into teams that they've never met, they've never seen the office. They've like, you know, there are a lot of things uh, that we really need to, think about uh like how do we get someone to feel a part of the team is like a virtual after work or what do we do um uh, because obviously i mean it's easier to just have some come in and and you know start working with other people and and yeah sort of transferring that sort of culture and and the feeling of a of a place to someone and now we have to do it virtually so yeah I think people are taking comfort in the fact that this is this is temporary. It will be it's, it's quite a long temporary. It's going to be a good few months before everything goes quote unquote back to normal. But I think it's a good learning opportunity for a lot of other businesses, traditional brick and mortars, for example, uh, to be able to to adapt or, or or maybe not adapt as well. So uh, it's <laughs> it's funny that 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 uh, onboarding process has, has changed uh, so dramatically as well. Um, in your opinion, what do you think was the biggest mistake you made throughout your career? Wow. Um, yeah, I've made some. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm really, I'm, I'm laughing about them now, but I, I'm sure I didn't laugh back then. I think one of the biggest screw-ups actually was um, back in the day launching a new uh, payments uh, system when... Um, I am not sure. I mean, in the end, it was my responsibility. But for some reason, um, it was not communicated correctly that we have, and we did it for the Nordics, where we have uh, four different currencies, obviously. And it all ended up in the Finnish currency, which was Euro, uh, which is obviously then a lot more than, for example, the Swedish crown. So everyone that month got their bills in Euro um, and converted into Euro. So people had... Yeah, a little bit of a shock when uh, mm. obviously they saw their statements. So that was one really big screw up. Um, obviously, that was not too fun to explain to not the customers or to to the management team what had happened there. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember that as <laughs> not such a proud moment. But what I think I learned then was, uh, you know, the team you have around you, if you sort of can laugh about it and pull together and be sort of war buddies in that kind of situation, then you really have the right people um, also for like creating success. So um, it was not a great uh, experience, but, uh, but the experience of like the team uh, was something that I will always, you know, remember and have a little bit as a blueprint for, for how I want to feel about the people I work with. And what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Wow. Um, I've actually received quite a bit of good advice throughout my career. I've always been very, uh, uh, I think, good at uh, having great and I mean, good at, but also fortunate uh, to have good mentors throughout actually my entire career uh, from a little bit of a different perspective. So I have today like a uh, more of like a people and culture mentor and, uh, and I have more of a, like a uh, digital mentor who are all both a couple of notches above me in, uh, in big organizations. So um, 
what would the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten be? Hmm. I think um, it's a little bit worn out probably, but um, I think that the biggest um, thing or like learning that I've um, taken with me uh, for every role and every sort of project that I've uh, done is that uh, there's no point of sort of being afraid of everything that can happen or try to even plan away everything that can happen. It's just better to, you know, go headfirst into something and then uh, trust um, mm. that I have sort of the, uh, the people around me and, um, and the skills to, to get it done. Uh, but also like to be humble and not to be afraid to ask for help or admit when something really isn't, uh, you know, going the way it should. So it's not one piece of advice. I think it's more of a, these are the things that I, if I'd known them before, I would have done them more, obviously, but you can, yeah. you can do where you are. So <laughs> I think the, what is it, the Maya Angelou, when you know better, do better. That could be mm. a good, uh, good sort of life lesson, I think. Yeah. And do you have a favorite thought leader or author? Yeah anything like that, whether that's in digital or outside? Um, I mean, I think I have a lot. Um, I try to sort of keep, uh, keep up with what's, uh, what is happening, um, both in the, the sort of digital sphere, but also in sort of the general world. Um, I think like closest to me now, uh, and one of the people that I have been very influenced by in my career is um, the CEO of Microsoft in Sweden, uh, Helen Barnikov. Uh, she's a very wise um, cultural leader who really walks the talk. And I've been, he was also the reason why I joined Telia because I saw that here is a person with the, sort of the vision and, and insight to, to really make a difference in this kind of a company. And I really want to just join her journey. Um, so. Uh, she's one of the people that I really, you know, um, mm. speak to and, and discuss things with when I have the opportunity. Otherwise, I mean, um, it's like, you know, <laughs> so many that I right now, obviously can't come up with anyone. That's impressive. <laughs> um, but... Um, I think that one guy that I do follow, though, I actually bought his book the other week, uh, is Tom Goodwin. Uh, he is uh, head of futures and insight at some place called Publicist Group. I don't know exactly what this is, but um, then also, I, I mean, obviously, I follow Mashable and, and all these, like, um, you know, the regular places where you, where you find out things um, and sort of what's, what's going on in the um world of digital 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a better answer here, but yeah, yeah, yeah make, makes sense. And last question I do have: What advice would you give for aspiring leaders in digital? Um, I mean, go for it. Uh, I grew up in a time where internet didn't even exist. Uh, that old, <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing that you can't do in this sphere. So just you know, go for it. Find your people, uh, find the people that inspire you, find the people that sort of can help you along your journey and, and really, you know, uh, be curious and, and, um, and go for it. Uh, yeah. Wise words there from Anna Martin Carey. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. 